0: Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This podcast features elementary principals and assistant principals in the great state of Oklahoma. I am Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals. Today on the podcast, we have Tracy Newell. She is a principal at Elgin Lower Elementary School located in the Elgin School District. Tracy Newell, welcome to the OAESP. O-A-E-S-P podcast, and you are my very first guest on this brand new podcast. So welcome, welcome to the to the show.
1: Well, that's exciting. Yes. I'm
0: your,
1: I'm your first victim. Is that what that means?
0: <laughs> you are the very, fir- very first one. <laughs> well, we're just going to get get this uh, podcast started. And so we're just going to start off with, tell us about you, tell us who, who you are, what you do, and how you, tell us about your journey that, that got you to where you are now.
1: So I'm Tracy Newell, and I am currently the lower elementary principal for Elgin Public Schools, so I've got about 460 pre-K through first grade. Um, I'm getting ready to start my fifth year out here. I did my first 24 years with Lawton Public Schools, moved around quite a bit, as you are wont to do uh, with Lawton Public Schools, and so I've had lots of different opportunities, Um, you know, I'm not sure that I, when I got into this, I ever thought that this would be my path, but the more, the longer I worked with kids, the more I realized I also wanted to be able to help our teachers become better teachers, and so when I decided I was going to get my master's, that's what I decided I would go ahead and get it in, and um, so I taught about 14 years, and then I was an assistant principal for a year, and then I, you um, got to go back to uh, our Learning Tree Pre-K Center and be a principal there for two years. And then it's just been a few different schools since then until I landed here. And hopefully this will be my resting place until the end.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, very very good. So tell, uh, what did you teach?
1: So um, mostly I taught pre-K and kindergarten. I did teach One year of third grade. um, I was about eight and a half months pregnant and they called me and said, Hey, we don't have enough kindergartners. That was back when kindergarten was half a day. So they're like, so hey, we're gonna move you so you don't have to move schools. The person that was gonna keep that job was gonna do half a day in that building, half a day in another building. So they're like, so we're gonna move you to Cubish and you're gonna be at the back of the library with one wall and you're gonna teach third grade. (laughs) And I was like, okay look, I can do this. So after one year, they were like, we think you should go back to kindergarten and (laughs) pre-K. No, just kidding. (laughs) But I did get to go back down and early childhood is definitely my passion. So I would say, you know, that's probably why the reason I'm so happy here, because as much as I love all kids, I definitely have a heart for our younger kids and getting them started off on the right foot.
0: All right. Well, and for our listeners who who don't know, um, Hubish, along with about two other schools, I believe, in Lawton, are what's considered an open concept school where there there are no walls. Um, They basically have um, um, movable closets and and, um, movable walls. Correct. Lots of bulletin
1: boards. I will say, I believe that was a concept in the 80s, and most of those schools have now... um, found a way to build some permanent walls within there so most of them are not as open as they were they they have some walls now so it was definitely an interesting concept because I'm not very quiet so but you you just you learn to kind of filter all that out and I guess you learn to be a little quieter but it was a really great experience yeah
0: well that's great so um Tracy, tell me, what what kind of things do you do at your school and, and through your career in order to support your, your teachers and your and your staff?
1: So, you know, I would say that's always been very important to me. It's probably, if you asked colleagues, a strength of mine to encourage teachers. Um, so it's definitely something I spend a lot of focus on. I do things like um, send personal letters to them at the beginning of the year or over the summer. I try to do at least one activity a month with them, whether it's, um, oh, like in October, we might have a Crocktober contest where everyone makes a crockpot meal and we vote on our favorite one or, um, you know, lots of different little treats i would say like i might um you know give them a bag of chips and and a note that says you're all that in a bag of chips so you know there's not a lot financially that we can do for our staff but i think um even though a lot of people think it's kind of kitschy i think that as long as they know that we see them and we appreciate them um it makes a big difference we also try to do paint nights or go out to eat. Uh, You know, I like to surprise them sometimes. So last, for example, last December, we were supposed to have a December staff meeting and instead I had it catered. I bought, I went to the $5, under $5 thing and I bought 25 different gifts and wrapped them up. And so we did a gift exchange, but they didn't have to bring anything. So just kind of sometimes unexpected Little things like that. But I I think the main thing, even when you can't do those kinds of things as often as I try to do, is I really try to focus on those relationships. Um, You know, and it's as simple as I've got one right now that's got a daughter trying to raise money for um, their uh, cheerleading uniforms. And so I acknowledge that. I shared her post on Facebook and and I paid for one of her freshies, or you know, I had, I had one that had surgery over the summer and I made sure I contacted her to find out if there was anything. They want to know that you're interested in them outside of the school, that you know who their families are, um, and that you, that you care about the things that are going on. And I really try to do a lot of mental health check-ins, whether it's just um, going through the building every morning and trying to say hi or, if it's been a busy week and I realize hey, I hadn't seen so-and-so in two days, then I make a very pointed effort to go and find them and say, hey, just checking in on you. Haven't talked to you in a couple days. Um, so I think that's really the most critical thing. While they do appreciate and love the extra stuff, I think what they do love more are those things like the notes from us, leaving sticky notes. If if you don't want to write a full card or postcard like I've done in the past, I think just walking in and leaving a sticky note after you've been in their classroom to say, hey, just checking on you, liked what I saw today, whatever. Um, They just, they need to know that we're invested in them. And I try real hard to show them that.
0: All right. Very good. Now, Tracy, you are known for the things you do for your students and particularly uh, the things that you dress up in. So Talk us a little bit about all of the different costumes that, that you have.
1: So I'm very much an experience matters principal. Um, and even it was things I did when I had pre-K through fifth grade. The fifth graders love it just as much as my littles do. Um, but I blow-up costumes are my favorite. I have, oh my goodness, I have a blow-up pirate for Talk Like a Pirate Day. I have unicorns. I have chickens. I have a Christmas tree and a snowman and a gingerbread man. And um, most of the time I wear the blow ups in Carline. We we have had a car line for the last two years. And definitely every Fridays it's Dance Party Friday. And we have a little karaoke machine out there that we play music and but then also we try to at least once a month find some sort of costume to wear. Like I said, so in September we'll definitely I'll wear my pirate costume. Um, in the spring is National Unicorn Day. We all wear unicorns. I usually don't do it the first day of school. I don't want to freak the parents out too bad on that very first day, but um, I like to do it as often as possible. And the main thing for me is, you know, people don't remember the things, the lessons, they remember the relationships that you create with them. I teach a class at Cameron and that's one of the things we do, one of the activities is we talk about, you know, when you think about the most powerful teacher in your time as a student, what do you remember about them? And nobody ever says, oh, they had great lesson plans and we did this great worksheet on whatever. It was always about, they always say, it's about those connections that the teachers made with them. So I really try to make sure that as a staff, we provide those experiences and those connections for our kids. We do stuff like um, Global Day of Play, which is the first Wednesday of every February. We do a STEAM Day. We do um, twice a year every year. I do paint with the principal, and it, it's a fundraiser. But nearly all of them pay. Or I, you know, I have amazing teachers, and if they have two or three that didn't, then they pay for them to come, and the whole class gets to come. And they they spend a debt. They spend time in the art room with me and we do a a painting and make it to take that home um and so that's whenever you ask the kids like what was your favorite day this year it's always about those little extra things we did so I don't have any problem putting on something and and running down the hallways acting silly with my kids
0: (laughs) and that's really what what it's all about you know it really is those those relationships with the uh, students and their and their families and um, and so uh, I I know that you you do a really really great great job with that. <laughs> so I you know I think that we we all through our um, career have had a mentor, whether it was an official mentor or an unofficial m- mentor. So talk a little bit about somebody who has uh, really poured into you, whether it was a. Or just a colleague or somebody that just saw something in you that um, really wanted to um, push you to, to um,
1: do better? So I, I probably have two. Um, uh, Linda Myers and Carla Modlin were both uh, principals in Lawton before I was. Linda was actually the principal of that year when I took on the third grade opportunity. And she definitely saw something in me and said, you know, I know this is totally outside your comfort zone, but you can do this. Um, And then Carla, I worked with Carla at Learning Tree, and then both of them ended up actually being um, executive directors of elementary for Lawton Public Schools. And with both of them, they just always encouraged the crazy things that I decided to do, like the blow-up costumes. They were listening ears when I first got my, um, jobs as, 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 assistant principal and then as principal and were people that I could just call on to have them bounce ideas off of. And, you know, to this day, they are still people that I call to reflect on things with, and that I can trust to give me an honest opinion. If I'm questioning something or trying to work something out, um, to try something new or something I want to do with my staff. And it's just, gosh, it's so important to find those kind of people in your life. Um, You know, I would also say very fortunate in having so many amazing colleagues when I was with LPS. Um, You know, the principals there really work hard to help each other, and be there for each other, and I'm fortunate enough that they still allow me to be a part of their group. I still meet with them. Um, Dana Moore is one of my very best principal colleagues, and this job can be such a lonely job, and, you know, especially if you go to a district like I'm in now in Elgin, where there's only four administrators. There's lower elementary, upper elementary, middle school, and high school, and so, you know, you don't necessarily have that pool of of other colleagues, so I think getting the opportunity to go to things like COSA and meet up with people, um, getting the opportunity to go to other workshops, I think that we just really have to. If a mentor doesn't fall in our lap, we have to find one for ourselves, and we have to, um, we have to have that person that's our sounding board. And so I will say, probably so fortunate to have so many of those in my life, but definitely. Carla and Linda helped steer me in the right direction as a young administrator.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, So for those that are either a brand new administrator or those that are aspiring to become a a school administrator, what is one piece of advice that you would like to give them?
1: Oh, gosh, this is one of my favorites. Um, So I know it sounds so simple, and I know that you've probably heard it in your classes, but... Honestly, my best advice that I always give to new administrators is it, it's so important to take the time to get to know your staff and your school before you decide to make any massive changes in your building. Um, for one, you're gonna get more buy-in when you've solidified those relationships. And two, you don't just because it's something that you not never thought of or you think might not work it might work in that school. And so, especially if it's something that is a big tradition for them, if you come in and take away a tradition that they've had all these years, um, I promise it's going to be a stumbling block for you. So give yourself a year. I Now, I always do say, listen, if there's a non-negotiable for me, first of all, we're going to have to address that. And I'm going to be very honest and upfront and say, listen, this is a non-negotiable for me, whatever it might be. Um, You know, a big one for me is, is recess and play. I just think, especially for our young kids, it's so very important. So if I'd ever gotten to a building where um, I had concerns about their recess policy, that's one of those that I would consider a non-negotiable, but I always spend a lot of time trying to make them understand why that's a non-negotiable for me. It's not something that I just say, we're just going to change it and we're changing it because I said so. I really take time to make them understand why that's so important to me, but Um, you know, unfortunately I've seen administrators go in and they do that and, um, and they just can't recover from it in some cases. Now, sometimes they can, but, um, so I just think, take some time, get to know your staff, get to know your students and your families and get to know what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes you might not even be able to wait a year. And I tell them that too, like we get to January and I say, okay, so I've watched this for these three months. We got to talk about how we can make this or do this better, but um, definitely no major changes before I've ever even done anything but step foot in the door of the of the new school.
0: Yeah, that's that's such great great advice. And uh, every building I ever walked into, I always wanted to find out what the traditions were that would have ran you out of town if you if you 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 dared to to change that tradition. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, I'll be very honest, a big thing for me when I first got to Elgin was building safety. Again, I had come from Lawton, and we had the Raptor systems, and we, we definitely had security for the buildings. And I get to Elgin, and it's a very established community. And, like, I even had someone say, hey, Grandpa likes to walk in off the farm and walk to grandson's class. And, I mean, I, I was having heart palpitations over that. And so for me, you know, I watched that and watched it play out for a little bit, but then I was like, we've got to move towards, while I understand the culture of the of the community, we've got to move towards, especially in today's society, making this a safer place to be. And, you know, honestly, because I did it slowly, I didn't really have a lot of pushback. And fortunately, we have a lot of military who are used to safety procedures. So that helped a lot too, because they didn't, um, they didn't give me any bulk or any problems with that either. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So you are obviously a member of LA ESP, and, and COSA, and they have been for a long time. So what would you tell our listeners? Why, why is it so important for you to belong to a state association?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I think the first thing is, like I said, you can have those colleagues. Can you hear that sound? I can. (laughs) I don't know what that is. That is great. Sorry, I'm back. Um, Okay. Um, You know, I think the best thing about it is, well, there's two things really. I think you have the opportunity to hear some amazing presenters uh, right here in our own community. In fact, so at at our COSA conference, we had Sean Buchanan, and I was just totally floored by the amazing things that he had to say. So he's actually going to present in our district in August. So, you know, there's, there's opportunities there for you to hear somebody to bring them into your own community. But I I think for me, the number one thing is just the relationships that you can make with people around our state. Um, gosh, I have really, um, been able to call up on some people in different parts of the state that had i truly not been a part of those two organizations that i would not have had the opportunity to interact with and you know it just allows you to get some fresh ideas it allows you again especially like i said if you're in a community where you're the only one being able to have those people that you can reach out to in other communities as um, you know, someone you can you can run your ideas by is just an invaluable thing that you get from those two organizations.
0: All right, and uh, for those that don't know, uh, Tracy has been elected as the OAESP president-elect, and so she uh, just took office in uh, July, and uh, she'll serve president-elect for a, a year, and then she'll be uh, president in the 23-24. Uh, school year. And so one of the things that we do is we put on an OA ESP conference and we're moving that th- this year. It'll be in November, November um 9th and 10th, I believe it is. And um, and so um it's it's it, it's a change in the time in the time of year. And so we we uh hope that it'll be a better time for uh elementary principal to to come and and attend. Um, we've always had it in, in in January, first part of February, and we always run it against weather. Yeah. So, so hopefully that this is going to be a better move. So Tracy, as we kind of wrap th- this up here, uh, the whole purpose of this uh, podcast is to elevate the voices of Oklahoma principals and assistant principals. So I'm just going to hand this back over, over to, to you just kind of share what your, what your final th- thoughts are. And we try to elevate this profession
1: so you know we just are in a time where as i'm not telling anybody anything they don't know but i think that a lot of educators feel like they're attacked from all sorts of different angles whether it's the communities or um Legislation or government officials, whatever whatever the angle may be that that you feel is our biggest stumbling block. At the end of the day, we can't ever change any of that. The only things that we can change and control is the perception that we put out into the universe. And so, um, you know, you're you're always going to have legislators. You're always going to have government officials. You're always going to have politics that agree or disagree with the things that we're trying to do. And I think that at the end of the day, we have to drown out all that noise and we have to remember our why. And for most of us, our why is the kids that we service every single day. And while there's a lot of things that that we're facing that um, that, have, that have really affected the mental health of our students and of our teachers, I think it's just so important that we never lose sight of the fact that as long as we show up, do our job and love our kids, that everything else is going to fall into place, that we can't again control the things happening outside, but what we surely can control is our attitude and what we put forth into the universe about the things happening in our building. Which is, you know, for me, another reason why I do all those things. Because, um, you know, we've listened to a lot of presenters that have have said to us, you know, you need to write the narrative, you need to put out what's happening in your buildings in your community and you let that be what the people say. Don't let what other people are putting out there overshadow what is really happening. And so, you know, I think even though a lot of us never signed on to do that, we definitely have to be PR advocates for the things, the great things that we're doing. And it's not necessarily comfortable for some people to toot the horns of the things that are happening, but I think it's crucial that we, that we do that. And now more than ever, but that's, I I mean, I think that's really the thing to focus in on is that things are going to change. Different people will be in office and what won't change is our kids and what won't change is us. And so that's what we need to stay focused on and, you know, just do the best that we can do every day for those kids. And honestly, keep that away from them. Like we want to make sure that we never put those adult issues on what's happening within our four walls anyway. And um, and I think, a par- I think our parents appreciate that. And I think that more parents than you realize do support us. And when you can show them that every day you're just showing up to do the best for their kids, they're gonna go out there and be a good voice for you too.
0: All right, thank you, Tracy. Um, thank you for being my very first guest on the OAESP <laughs> podcast. And sure. uh, if you don't follow Tracy on uh, Twitter, please do so uh, at Newell Tracy. And I'll, I'll put that in, in the show notes. And um, once again, until next time, um, keep doing what's best, best for kids. Thank
1: okay. You. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the OAESP Principal Podcast. If you're not a member of COSA or OAESP, please join. Go to www.cosa.org, that's C-C-O-S-A.org, and click join to learn more about the benefits of being a member. We also offer professional development for new principals that are in their first five years of service, whether they're a principal or assistant principal, that is called the New Principals Academy. And for veteran principals, check out the COSA Principal Coaching and Mentoring Training, and this year we just started a brand new oklahoma principal leadership institute and then finally i would like for you to be aware that the oaesp leadership conference is coming november 9th and 10th in oklahoma city and there'll be more information coming out about that uh, conference soon so stay stay tuned as always go be awesome and keep doing great things
1: for our public schools